Aloha, welcome to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but nothing replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Take a look down at your feet. Have you checked them out recently? Do you notice that maybe sometimes when you're walking, different areas start to hurt more than they used to? Have you been checking out your shoes? Do you see that sometimes you wear them in unusual places that you didn't expect? Well, I can tell you that's happened to me. And today we're going to be talking with Dr. Kenson Miyaki. He is a podiatry expert, and we're going to talk a little bit about his journey to becoming a foot specialist and what common things he sees in the office that we might be able to learn from and do something about now before it gets significantly worse. So thank you for joining me today in, in the studio. Hi. Uh, my name is Kenson. I went to UH Manoa for four years. After that, I did a podiatry, I went to podiatry school for four years after that. And after the four years of podiatry school, we had to do a residency. So I did three years of residency in the Bronx in New York. That was pretty fun. And I graduated in 2020, moved back home. And now I'm here, I have an office in uh, Kapahulu, um, and yeah, um, I would say, you know, when it comes to podiatry, I think the main people we see are diabetics. Um, a lot of diabetics have foot issues, and it can be, you know, loss of sensation, neuropathy. Uh, a lot of diabetics have poor blood flow. Um, so we do a lot of diabetic foot examinations, you know, we check, make sure there's no calluses, no infections, uh, diabetics, they tend to lose the sensation in their feet, uh, especially in the toes tend to go first and then works their way up the foot. Um, you know, if they get a cut or have a callus, they're not going to feel it. It ends up, it, it ends up getting infected. Then you're looking at amputations and so on and so on. So I think that's a majority of it is a lot of diabetic um, foot examinations, you know, and then cutting their nails because, you know, diabetics, you know, um, any small cut on their toes when they're cutting their nails can turn into a serious problem. Uh, so a lot of nail trimming, callus trimming, you know, calluses, they tend to build up over time. They can only grow so much outwards before they start pushing back in. Then you can get a, a wound underneath the callus that can become infected and leads to amputation. Uh, so it's a lot of that. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I know we've talked about diabetes before on the show, and we talk about how it affects various things like your heart and your kidneys and, you know, the rest of your body. But I don't think we really focus a lot on how significant of an impact it can have on your feet. We do know that some people with diabetes have nerve damage that affects, you know, their fingers and their and their toes. Very often, if you if you see your hands all the time, you might notice that there's something there. But if you don't necessarily check your feet regularly, you could have a serious problem and not even have any knowledge of that because you don't feel it. And if you if you're not very mobile and you can't see it, mm -hmm. then that can lead to a double significant problem. So for people who have problems with their blood sugar, how often should they check their feet? What should they be looking for? Oh, they should check. They should check their feet daily. You know, you got you have to look for any cuts. A lot of people step on things without knowing. You know, so you take 
uh, x-ray of a diabetic's foot sometimes and you just see like wire brushes or... You see stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. And they don't feel it. They don't feel it. Wow, no. okay. Um, so they shouldn't go walking around barefoot, I would imagine. No, no. They shouldn't be walking barefoot. Not even in the house? No. Get some indoor house shoes or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of them step on things. Um, you should be checking your feet daily. You should either have, you know, if you have a partner there to check it for you. Or some people, what they'll do is they put a, you know, a, a, mirror, a, mirror, yeah. a mirror and then, you know, look at the mirror to make sure there's no cuts or scrapes or infections going on. Yeah. Now, a lot of people in Hawaii get calluses. I mean, it tends to be areas where we have extra pressure on our feet or whatever we're doing. A lot of people go outside and sometimes mm. don't wear shoes and things. But calluses for somebody who has diabetes, that could really be a problem. You said you couldn't get an infection underneath it? Yes. Yeah, sometimes they'll come in, there's redness swelling around that callus. You open it up, there's a wound right under there, you know, and that can get infected. Um, and I've seen people lose toes within a week after that. So it's really important you wow. keep an eye on it. Because yeah. part of it is, you know, when you have an infection, we often think antibiotics can cure that. But antibiotics that you take internally, they need your bloodstream to get mm -hmm. them to the area. If you have problems with the nerves, sometimes you also have problems with the circulation and the blood flow. So you can take all the antibiotics you might want, and they're not going to get to the area where they need to be. Correct. How significant of an infection does it take before it starts to cause problems in the bone? Um, usually, I think once the wound probes down to bone, I think it's like an 80% chance that the bone is infected. You know, and it, it goes pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it would, even the smallest infections, if it gets down to the bone, that's not good. So, yeah, it's hard to say, you know, how significant, but, you know, hopefully it just stays, stays in the soft tissue, but you never know how deep it is, um, but it can work pretty quickly. Yeah. And once it's in the bone, we call that condition osteomyelitis. Mm -hmm. Osteo meaning bone and myelitis it just relates to it being infected. That can be treatable if you catch it early, if you have good blood flow. But is that really the condition that leads to some of the amputations you referred to? Yes, yes. Getting a bone infection leads to amputations. Um, you know, they say you can treat a bone infection with like four to six weeks of IV antibiotics or even longer than that. But to be honest, if you're a diabetic, you don't have good blood flow, you're never going to get rid of that bone infection. And I would say, you know, there are people that want to save their foot as much as possible, but in the end, it's also an amputation. Yeah. Wow. And if you wait too long, might the amputation be taking more right. of either the toe or the foot or right? The longer you up? wait, yeah, it can lead to a higher level of amputation. So, yeah, okay. you take care of that sooner than later. So, anybody yeah. with diabetes, start checking your feet. Now, let's say that you see that you have calluses, mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily redness around it, like you said. Should people who have diabetes as a medical condition get checked out by a podiatrist regularly? Yes, they should. You know, if you're a low-risk diabetic, meaning you ha still have great sensation to your toes, you still have good blood flow, and you don't have any type of foot deformities or any history of ulcers, um, then it can be like a yearly thing as long as you keep a good eye on it. But once you have a history of ulcers, once you have a history of, 
you know, amputations or you have loss of sensation or poor blood flow, it should be, you know, either six to three months, depending on the person, you know, some patients, I'll let them go a little longer. Some patients, you know, I don't trust and they're, they're there every three months. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. I'm talking with Dr. Kenson Miyaki. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about what are some of the ways that maybe adjusting footwear can help to avoid all of us from getting calluses or having some problems with our feet. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with Dr. Kenson Miyaki. He is a podiatrist. He is a local boy who went off to the mainland for training and came back home and is now practicing right here in Kapahulu area. Now, before the break, we were talking a little bit about patients with diabetes and calluses and infections and how they should get their feet checked, depending on the level of their diabetes and the sensation of their feet, maybe every three months, six months, definitely once a year. Are there other things that all of us can do? You know, do in general, are we wearing good shoes? There is something like, quote, diabetic shoes. Mm -hmm. And do they have certain types of characteristics we should all look for? Uh, So, yeah, for diabetics, there is a diabetic shoe. It's uh, extra depth, meaning that it's a little bit wider in the toe box, preventing rubbing of the toes, things like that. And it also comes with a special insert um, plasazote, and it's just meant to reduce the amount of friction, may, possibly reducing the amount of callus buildup. Um, so that's something diabetics should look for. Yeah. So diabetic shoes. Now, some insurances cover for that. Correct. So it could be that you have insurance coverage because sometimes these shoes are not necessarily inexpensive mm-hmm. and they may not be the most fashionable type of shoes. But if they're going to keep your feet on, I think it's a good plan. Correct. Are there certain characteristics of shoes that all of us should look for? You know, I usually tell people that if you're not having any foot issues, I would just wear a good athletic, you know, some supportive athletic shoe. You know, you don't necessarily need something if your foot is fine. But if you notice that, you know, you're starting to get like heel pain, arch pain, things like that, then I would probably go to a a shoe store, you know, some kind of running shoe store or, you know, a good quality shoe store and, have them fit you for a shoe, you know, tell them what's going on. They should be able to look at your foot and um, listen to you and be able to kind of guide you in in a type of shoe. There's like motion support shoes for people that have like overpronation, things like that, if you, if you are developing foot pain. But if you're not and you're totally fine, then I don't think there's a need to go and get a supportive athletic shoe, if that makes any sense. Well, if your foot doesn't hurt, you're probably doing the right thing. Right. If you start to have foot pain, then you may not know exactly what you can do to alleviate that. Mm -hmm. You know, often when I when I send patients to see a podiatrist, I tell them, bring your shoes. And they're like, what? The ones I'm not wearing? I'm like, yes, because you can tell a lot from the wear pattern, either on the bottom of the shoe or even in the shoe about where there might be some rubbing, where there might be some problems, where more pressure happens. So you can tell a lot from someone's shoes. If you've never looked at the bottom of your shoe, 
try it out. Take a look. You might be surprised. Maybe you've worn through all the tread. Maybe you actually have an area that seems to be the most pressure sensation for your foot. You know, some people are heel walkers and their heel wears out. Some people are toe walkers. So I'm sure there's a fancy medical term for heel and toe walkers. But I think, you know, if, if you take a look at your shoes, you can kind of gauge what might be working out for you and what might not. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of people come in and they're they're wondering why their foot hurts. And you look at the bottom of their shoe, there's nothing on the bottom. You know, there's maybe like a like a millimeter separating their foot from, you know, the, the ground. Silo. Yeah, right. yeah. So definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah. Now, if you wear the same shoes every day or if you have a couple of pairs, you wear them every other day, how often should you get new shoes? I mean, I've heard people say, you know, when they wear out. Well, that kind of depends on where you're going and what you're doing, right? Right. It, typically, you know, some shoes have a life span of like, you know, it could be like 300 to 500 miles on them. I don't know if people are, you know, really going to keep track. Um, but you should look at the bottom of your shoe. If you see it kind of flattening out, you should just get a new shoe. Like for me, I get just a regular everyday work shoe probably every six months. And maybe that might be stretching it. Um, it could be, you could get it mo- maybe like three pairs of years, but probably two you know, every six months is probably okay. Um, of course, if you're on your feet all day and, you know, it's wearing down quicker, I'd probably get it replaced every so often. You know, the foam will get dense and it's not going to provide the support after a while. I've heard that you might want to get more than one pair so you don't wear the same pair every day. Kind of extends the life but allows the shoe to recover. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Right. If you're wearing the same shoe every day, you're going to, you're gonna you know, make that foam really dense, you know. So you kind of want to let them breathe in between. So, yeah, if you rotate um, between two shoes every other day, that's probably the best, yeah. Now, the other thing that always surprises me is in this era of customization and personalization, shoe sizes are all the same. Like, you know, it's either narrow, medium, or wide, and they all have the same numbers. But people generally have individualized needs for their feet. Do you see people whose feet are two different sizes or one's a half size bigger than the other and they they have kind of trouble getting shoes? Yeah, everyone's foot is different, you know. Um, I'm sure even for me, when I wear a dress shoe, one side is definitely tighter than the other. And I think that goes for everyone. You know, not only that, one leg is probably longer than the other too. And yeah, you know, you do want to get fitted for a shoe. You can go to any shoe store and they should have a measuring device and they should fit you um, for the right size shoe. And, you know, some people are even talking about making websites where you find like your shoe partner and, you know, everyone's foot is a little bit different. And if you can find that person that has the right size that you need, like maybe a half size smaller for like your left foot or something. Oh, like get somebody, you get, we'll get 10 and 10s and we'll get 11s. Yeah. I'll mail you my 10, you mail me your 11. Right. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. That's kind of complicated, but that's, that might be needed or you just buy both pairs or something. Right. Are there certain things that we should not get in shoes? Like I often think years gone by, I have not been the most diligent person with shoes and sometimes I remember going to a store that I don't think exists anymore, uh, but I'm not certain, called Payless, because I'd always find shoes in my size, but they weren't always the most comfortable shoes, and I don't think they were the most supportive shoes. So in my younger years, this was 
this was where I was getting my footwear, and I don't think that was such a good plan. As time goes on, when you're older, do you just not put up with uncomfortable shoes anymore, or do your do your feet need something more comfortable, or does age make everything worse? You know, some people, as they age, you know, of course, the tendons, tendons and ligaments, they tend to get weaker. You know, you tend to get a, like a flat foot, um, and then some. T- most people, too, the fat powder on the bottom of your foot also will um, shrink or get smaller, you know. Um, so you probably, as you age, you know, I would say you want to avoid things like the Converse Vans, things like that when you get older. I was never that cool. Yeah. I didn't have Converse or Vans, but yeah. okay. Yeah, those have like really zero flat. support. Zero support, right. okay. Um, you know, and like the Nike Freeze, the Ultra Boost, things like that. Like there's just no support in them. People tend to get issues, you know, with those, I would say. Yeah. So when we think about some of the other age-related changes that happen to your feet, arthritis can happen to your feet. I think a lot of folks don't realize you can get arthritis of your toes or the other portion of your foot, and it can really cause some significant discomfort. What are some of the ways that we can keep our feet moving well and feeling well beyond just getting the right pair of shoes that can help us as time goes on you know so along with the shoe there's you know the arch supports the mm. arch, arch supports tend to keep your foot you know well aligned so that hopefully as you age you know it stays in that alignment with the help of an arch support other things, too, is, you know, there are physical therapists that do things that help strengthen your foot. You know, you can go online. You can look up, um, like, flat feet exercises, things like that. Um, it's just working the muscles in your foot to kind of help support your arch as you age. Um, might be looking into. But I would say the majority of people, you just need a good arch support in that shoe. Um, you know, and definitely stretch. A lot of people don't stretch. So I would definitely work on, like, stretching your calves. Um, a lot of people, as they get older, they get tight calf muscles, and that kind of breaks down your foot, too, as you age. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Dr. Kenson Miyaki. We're going to talk about one of my favorite conditions I see far too much of, heel pain and plantar fasciitis. It seems to be happening more and more these days, and as everybody starts getting going, the January 1 New Year's resolution, we all want to get out there and get walking. It might just bring it on. All right, we'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Maui. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here in the studio with Dr. Ken Simiaki. He is a podiatry expert, and we're talking about ways to keep your feet happy. Because, you know, if there's a couple of things I tell people not to skimp on, things that I've done, don't get a bad mattress because your back is going to not like you. Don't get bad fitting shoes because that's not going to go well as you get older. And so we were just talking about ways to find shoes that are really supportive. Look for arch support. Look for shoes that might tailor to your specific foot needs. Now, when things go wrong, they go wrong. And... One of the things that I have a lot of people come in and see me about, and I think it might have to do with, you know, we, we generally take our shoes off when we go in the house and people sometimes walk barefoot. It's, it's heel pain. Now, not all heel pain is plantar fasciitis. Sometimes those heels, heel spurs or other sorts of things. But is that more common here than it might be elsewhere or does everybody get it? 
I mean, yeah. you were in New York, so everybody's walking around in the Bronx, right? Everybody gets it. Everybody gets it, yeah. And That's, how do you make it go away? You know, so people tend to get plantar fasciitis. Um, you know, it could be an increase in activity, you know, change in footwear, you know, weight gain. Those things tend to cause plantar fasciitis. Um, what do you do for it? You know, it's, of course, a good supportive athletic shoe, a nice arch support, and stretching. You know, those are probably the main things you can do. Um, you know, if it's really acute, you can look at taking like a, some non-steroid anti-inflammatory too. I have people like massaging it. You can do a little ice and a little heat to it as well. Um, outside of that, I usually recommend people um, do physical therapy, you know, and then also steroid injections into the heel. Injected into the foot. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling that doesn't tickle. I think it might hurt. It. It takes about, you know, like five to ten seconds to do it. People really like it because it's kind of quick and easy, you know, but the bad thing about it is um, people tend to feel really good afterwards and they just forget that they're ever injured, you know, and they go out and run 10 miles and you're like, oh, no, you know. Then it comes back. Comes back because they don't, you know, they don't go and get the good shoe. They don't get mm -hmm. the arch support. They don't stretch, you know. They just completely forget they're hurt, right, and just return to their normal activity. So the key is if you do get the injection, you're doing all this other stuff in the background and you just need something to help you, but you got to keep doing all this other stuff. Correct. Yeah. Just something to, sometimes people come in with such severe pain that it kind of changes their quality of life. They're not going for a walk. They're not, you know, getting out of bed. They're not moving around. And I usually tell those people, you know, if it's affecting your day-to-day -day life, I would go ahead and get the injection, but you have to understand that it's just going to come back if you're not wearing the good shoes you're not wearing the arch supports and you're not stretching so i think that's if you're going to get better i would say those three things you know the shoes the arch supports and stretching will probably get you there alone. and you got to yeah. keep walking too because Correct. if if there's weight gain or if there's stretching issues you've got to keep moving and that yeah. becomes part of the problem if you mm -hmm. don't get up because it hurts so mm -hmm. much you're not you're not going to see improvement right and then yeah people just stay at home and they do nothing and I say, you know, you got to kind of move around a little bit, but don't overdo it. But, you know, you can't just lay down all day. Yeah. Although that sounds nice, but it doesn't really fix things in the long run. Okay. Bunions, is that another thing that happens when we get changes to our feet or we wear shoes that don't work? Where right. do they come from? Right. So you can have like a pediatric bunion, you know, just you're just born like that. Um, some people, as you get older, the you know your foot tends to flatten out, and that causes a bunion deformity. It could be you know high heels and narrow shoes that cause it too. You know, like those pointed shoes. Um, so I usually tell people to avoid you know high heels with a point at the end. You know, or tight fitting narrow shoes in the toe box. Those will tend to push the toes together and create that bunion. Um, you know, and if you notice it, you know, you can't really re reverse it without surgery. Um, the only thing you can do is kind of prevent it from getting worse, kind of prolong it from getting where it's going to be. So I usually tell people a nice wide toe box shoe, uh, arch support to kind of help, you know, get that alignment back in your foot. Um, and that tends to help. Yeah. Beyond bunions, beyond plantar fasciitis, mm -hmm. beyond heel pain, what's another common thing, and diabetes foot mm -hmm. conditions, what's another common thing that you see? Do we have a rash of fungal toes going on here in the islands? Because 
people are going yeah. out and around all year round and enjoying themselves outdoors or what, what's up with that? Yeah. A lot of people have fungus in their nails and, you know, on the bottom of their foot too. Um, yeah, I would say a good majority of the population probably has fungal nails. I, and I guess I just see it all the time cause that's what they're coming in for. Right. So in my mind it's probably like 50% of the population, but I'm sure it's less than that. But as you get older too, um, you know, you tend to get fungal nails and the diabetics tend to get fungal nails a lot too. Now they should treat it. Um, should everybody treat it? You know, it, it is cosmetic to a point, but there's sometimes where the, if the whole nail gets infected and you don't want it to get infected, so you should definitely treat it, you know? Um, but there are some diabetics who have just had it for 20 years and, you know, you, at that point you can't fix that nail. It's just going to grow really thick and, um, you know just be all flaky. So for those people, you know, it's just maintaining it, trimming it, keeping it kind of flat because it does cause pain when it does grow really thick. Um, and you trying to put in a shoe and you know, it's like having another toe on top of your toe, just pushing it down. So, um, you know, they should have it trimmed. And I, I would say everyone should treat it because you don't want your nail to become discolored, disfigured, you know, and how should they treat it? There's pills, there's topical, there's prescription topical. What what works the best? You know, there's nothing out there that's 100% for uh, fungal nails. I would say the best medication is probably the oral medication for fungus. That's probably the most successful. Um, but you're still looking at like 60 to 70% effective. You know, other than that, there's topical antifungals, but even that, that's like less at like 30%, maybe even less than that. Um, but the, the only thing with the oral, there is a risk of like liver injuries and things like that. And you can't take it if you're going to drink or have a history of, you know, liver issues. So, so you really have to be careful. Try not to get a fungus. Yeah. yeah. And if you do. Treat it before it gets bad. Treat yeah, it before it, it gets bad. Not only is it difficult to treat it takes a long time to show any improvement if it does work. So, you know, and you have to be very consistent with the treatment. Yeah. Well, that's another reason, you know, don't just, uh, don't just go out there and avoid wearing shoes or put yourself at risk. Mm -hmm. And it's, it could be just cosmetic. On the other hand, I think in some cases it could lead to some other troubles. Yeah. I remember learning that if you have diabetes and you have a fungal toenail, that could be a source of cellulitis. And Correct. if you have bad blood flow, you know, you've got a problem, you're mm -hmm. increasing the risk. Mm -hmm. So depending on your circumstances, but, but all the patients with diabetes should be checking with a podiatrist. So Correct. they should hopefully have better, better care. And for those folks who want to know about orthotics, you know, you mentioned arch support. Mm -hmm. Are orthotics something that work really well for people? They can put them in their shoes and it helps to keep that support and keep their foot from too much friction or do we all need orthotics or? I would say not everyone needs orthotics. I would say only the people that are having, you know, some kind of foot pain should probably wear it. Um, you know, there's custom orthotics, you know, those are expensive though. And most insurances don't cover it. Other than that, there's like over the counter orthotics. You're probably looking for something that when you do step on it, it's not just going to collapse. Um, there are some, you know, orthotics out there that are really flimsy. And as soon as you step down, the arch will just smash, you know, um, so you should probably get an orthotic and you should feel it. it should feel somewhat firm or rigid in the arch area so that when you do step down, it's not going to just smash under your weight, basically. Um, and like I said, most people don't need it. I would say only the people that are having foot problems should get it. Um, yeah. 
All right. Well, if people are having foot troubles, how do they find you? You went to the mainland. You came back. You're now in Kapahulu. Where are you at? I'm in Kapahulu. We're at the corner of Kapahulu and Harding Ave. Um, you know, the address is 1029 Kapahulu Avenue. I'm on the third floor. You can give me a call at 808-979-4482. And yeah. Okay. Well, if you have foot pain or you have problems... Or if you have diabetes and you haven't had your feet get checked, this is certainly something to take seriously, and we know that. Everybody wants to make sure that their feet feel good so we can get up, get walking, get around, and keep ourselves as healthy as possible. I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us here on The Body Show. That's Dr. Kenson Miyaki. And if you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hpr.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we'll be right back here next week talking about health topics every Monday at 6.30 on Hawaii Public Radio. We'll see you then.